With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VC Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we've made it. I know everyone talks about the holidays, and I love the holidays, but this, my friend, the most wonderful time of the year. Happy NFL playoffs to you. Yeah, happy to you too, Femi. No four-game Femi this week, right? No four-game. You got it's, one at a time. You can kind of go it's, through it methodically, yeah. right? Standalone Femi is what we're doing. Standalone Femi, that's right. You know, get some wings going, you know, get the whole get the whole appetizer plate going. Yeah, You'll yeah. be in good shape, man. We're doing nachos tonight. So is, 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 that's what you. the plan is. So not, not the wings. We'll do the nachos. Hopefully that it holds up well with me. You know, we get up we get up there in age. Sometimes these things don't hold up very well, but uh, we'll, we'll do the nachos and that'll be a whole lot of fun. We do have a fun show planned for you guys here over the next two hours, 45 minutes from now. The great John McClain, Texans reporter down in Houston, now at Sports Radio 610. He'll join us to break down this Browns-Texans game. That is the game that kicks off Super Wild Card Weekend. And then in our number Number two, 1115 Eastern Time, 815 West Coast Time. Todd Lebo, chief reporter for Sports Radio 810. The Freezer Bowl at Arrowhead coming up later on tonight between the Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll break that down with Todd Lebo at 1115 Eastern. Then at 1130 Eastern, our buddy Matt Humans, host of VEASAN tonight and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, will give us his NFL plays in his usual time slot at 1130 here, Michael. But Super Wild Card Weekend is here. We'll get into all six of the game. There's actually breaking news for the availability of one star player in Monday's game that we just saw moments ago here. But let's start with the the two men who are replacing the two icons in the world of football, starting in New England, to where 24 hours after we heard that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots were mutually parting ways, the Patriots went ahead and hired the coach in waiting, Gerard Mayo, to take over as the new head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think this was all planned. Obviously, that's why they did not have to go through the protocols set up by the league office as it relates to the Rooney rule. So with a succession plan in place, they were able to elevate Gerard, Gerard Mayo and, and move on and, and start their start their actually recreating the organization around what they need to do. Uh, 
they'll certainly, you know, need, they're going to go search for another general manager or call them a vice president of player personnel. But what I think you're going to see now is you're going to see a more collaborative effort because it's not fair for Mayo. He's not going to be able to replace Bill Belichick mm-hmm. and all the things that Bill Belichick did within that building that I'm not sure everybody even knows all the things he did. So once he leaves, then all of a sudden it becomes a different game and Mayo can focus just on the coaching and I'm sure Jonathan Kraft and all the other people in the front office will take on significant different roles within the organization. So they start anew. You know, he's got a lot of lot of conf- a lot of confidence from the players. And he just has to be himself because there's no one on planet Earth that's going to replace the greatest coach mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, Gerard Mayo will now be the youngest head coach in the NFL, barring any other hirings that we see the rest of this coaching cycle. 37 years old, obviously played eight years for the New England Patriots, a former first round pick out of Tennessee. And I mean, we haven't heard much from Gerard Mayo. I mean, like, because like, oftentimes we don't hear any of the assistants speak in New England when Bill Belichick was there. I mean, like, what kind of person is he? Because I'm sure you've been around Gerard Mayo in the past and kind of have at least a bit fam- more of a familiarity than we do on the outside. Like, what are the New England Patriots getting as a head coach here? Well, I think they're getting a motivational guy, a guy that really connects with the players. He was when he was a player. You know, he was a first-round pick out of ten, from uh, from Tennessee for Coach Belichick, and he's always been a leader of the play of the defensive unit. Mm-hmm. He's always been a team captain, and he has the ability to get people to follow him, motivate them. And I think that's going to be his role. You know, he's he's coached the defense along with Stephen Belichick, so I'm sure he's going to have a hand in that. But he's going to have to hire an offensive staff. Whether he keeps Bill O'Brien or not, I don't know. O'Brien signed a three-year contract last year to go there. Whether he stays or not, or they recreate the offense. But I think what you're going to get is a, a head coach who is going to control the game, going to be part in charge of game management, mm-hmm. and allow the offensive and the defensive coaches to do their jobs. Would you anticipate big changes on the defensive staff here, or is it going to be kind of yeah. more of a con- – okay, oh, yeah, you would have made okay. Yeah, I definitely – I mean, obviously, you know, Coach Belichick and Steven and Brian, his two sons, yeah. you know, are, are, are going to have to change jobs now and move to leave the organization, which I'm sure is very hard for all of them. You know, they've been there a long time. They grew up there. And mm-hmm. so but, you know, changing involves just not Coach Bill. It involves the family as well. So it, when Bill goes and takes another job somewhere else, I'm sure that that, you know, they'll join him in that pursuit of recreating his another team and trying to help another team win a Super Bowl. So, you know, the defensive staff, some elements may stay in place, but I think Mayo will bring in all of his own people, which he's entitled to do. You know, this is going to be a new look Patriot way, if you will. And that Patriot way will have the foundation and the roots that were established over 24 years by Coach Belichick, but they have to have their own spin on them by Mayo. Mayo just can't Mm. you know, copy and paste what Bill did. He's got to be his own man, which he really is. I mean, he's one of those guys like Vrabel, you know, that or and some other of the coaches that have been there, Brian Flores, that takes what Bill does well and then spins it into his own way. Yeah, which is what you have to do. You can't just try to imitate what the greatest head coach did of all time. Like, you're never going to be able to do that because you're just not him. Uh, Speaking of Bill Belichick, DraftKings has the market up. Where will Bill Belichick be coaching next season? What his next team will be? And right now, the favorite in that market, I believe, has flipped. Now the favorite is no NFL team at plus 120. The Atlanta Falcons plus 200. Chargers 8 to 1, Commanders 12 to 1, Titans 13 to 1, Panthers 35, Giants 60, Jets Saints 75 and then the field 
is at plus 400. Maybe one of these teams that currently has a head coach but has not quite yet made a change. I, I find that interesting that no NFL team has now become the favorite. Like that, that to me, based on watching the presser a couple days ago, I'd be surprised if he's not coaching in 2024. Yeah, I, well, I think, you know, let's go over the list. Put the graphic back up, Elliot. I think when you look at the graphic, people are just doing it by process of elimination, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the commanders hired Adam Peters to be their president of football operations, and he'll go out and hire a coach. A lot of people suspect it could be Ben Johnson in that job, mm -hmm. right? And so the Chargers have Jim Harbaugh coming in for an interview. Now, here's what I do know. If Jim Harbaugh is going for an interview, he either has the job or there's a couple things that have to get worked out for him to take the job. Like this isn't going to be one of those where let's get to know each other, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's all handled behind the scenes. So if Harbaugh is actually going to the Chargers, it to me seems like that's probably, let's call it 90% complete. And I want to say he's got the job, but mm -hmm. usually when this happens, when you go for the interview, and you've just won a national championship, it's pretty much your job. So I think that eliminates them. We don't know what's going on in Carolina. They're still interviewing general manager candidates in Carolina. You know, the Bears have shown no interest in terms of making a move. You know, it's interesting. The Panthers, we don't know what they're going to do. So I, th I think there's a lot of uncertainty. But to me, Harbaugh at the Chargers is the logical place. I would rule out the Raiders. We just saw a report come out today that Max Crosby would seek a trade if they don't hire Antonio Pierce. I think Mark Davis has backed himself to where, and Antonio Pierce has earned it, where he has to be the head coach or else the players are going to have a hard time. I don't think anybody wants to come into that building uh, and try to mm -hmm. replace Antonio Pierce with such animosity towards them because they love Pierce so much. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to keep Champ Kelly. I think there could be a different general manager, okay. but I definitely think Pierce has got the Raider job. Yeah, no, it definitely feels that way. Adam Schefter reporting earlier that Pierce is kind of the, 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 the um, as emerged as the leading candidate. However, the Raiders haven't conducted any head coaching interviews, which can you walk us through that there? Because they've had the opening the longest there. They, they, they dismissed McDaniel. I believe it was Halloween or around that time. And they have yet to request anybody to interview as a head coach. Is that because they're just getting the ducks in a row to go ahead and give this thing to Antonio Pierce? Or Because Pierce right now no. is he's in Nashville interviewing with the Titans for their head coaching job. Right. Like, Well, that's great. For, and, and that's really good leverage for Pierce. I mean, that's yeah. smart, right? He goes there and he wants the Raider job, but why not take an interview? He's got a resume of wins, right? How yeah. many people walk into a building with a resume of wins? So that's a great thing for him. Whereas I think what the Raiders are trying to do is, okay, let's go through the GM. And then once we hire the GM, let him sit in on these interviews and we'll talk to all the coaches so that we have connectivity between the head coach and Antonio Pierce, so or whoever else we hire. And I think that's the process that they're using currently. And let's be clear, you know, I think it's going to take an upset of epic proportions to mm -hmm. take Pierce out of that job. Yeah, that's what in the report that Adam Schefter put out there, he said that his source said that he would be pretty surprised if it's not Antonio Pierce. Max Crosby tweeting yesterday, hashtag hire AP. Like we've heard uh, Devontae Adams before week 18 was saying that AP's got his vote. The big name marquee players for the Raiders have fully endorsed Antonio Pierce. And that's where it appears that this thing is headed for the Las Vegas Raiders. Real quick on the Harbaugh note, you said that 
obviously you would anticipate that he probably goes to the Chargers. If he's going to interview there, this is not a get to know you. This is a let's work some things out and ultimately come to an agreement. Right now at DraftKings, he's plus 300 to go to the Chargers as his next team. I would definitely take pizza money and put it on that. I think that that would be a good play to make. Because, look, the the one thing I do know, there's so much that the media doesn't know what happens behind the scenes in these coaching hires. And we know that the Chargers have interviewed, not in-person interviews, but they have interviewed minority candidates, which then allows them, if they want to hire Harbaugh and they don't like either of the minority candidates that they've interviewed, they can go ahead and do it. You do not have to interview a coach who's currently in the league. You can interview Leslie Frazier, who's available right now. You can interview David Mm -hmm. Shaw, who's available. He the former Stanford coach. So if they do that, they don't like either one of those guys. Now they have cleared the Rooney rule and they can hire Harbaugh. Um, And they got to get to they have to get to know him in person. But I think there's been a lot of conversations between Ed McGuire, the Spanos family and Harbaugh's agent, Don Yee, to understand exactly what it's going to take to get Jim Harbaugh. Right. It's like a player. You don't get on the airplane to go there unless you don't you if you don't understand the parameters of a contract. But Michigan's not going to make it easy either. The reports are that Michigan is trying to put a package together to retain Harbaugh. No NFL team was plus 700. Now it's odds on. But you're saying that Chargers seems to be likely there at plus 300. We'll talk about the guy who's replacing Nick Saban. That's Kalen DeBoer next here on the Lombardi Line. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard. But All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. I mean, we got our guy Matt Humans, host of VEASAN tonight, joining us at 1130 Eastern to give us his plays on Super Wild Card Weekend. You'll want to stick around for that. And for more VEASAN Pro picks, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. The Lombardi Line will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use promo code LOMBARDI. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family of Bebfe, Michael Lombardi here. Super wild card weekend. Speaking of Matt Humans, I'm looking at his uh, his plays right now. Uh, he's got a play in the Sunday night game. He's got a teaser on, on deck here. He's also got a money line parlay and then a total bet. And he also has a couple of leans as well. So uh, the card is full on Super Wild Card Weekend. Not a big card, only six games, but we still got bets. So. I'm sure your card's full, too. You got it. We, huh? we, we, we got bets in four games, Michael. We, we, we got four of the six. We got some bets going on. So uh, we'll, we'll reveal those as we kind of go along and preview some of these games. But want to continue with some of the coaching carousel news in college football, where Nick Saban surprised everyone in the football world, retiring from Alabama after 17 mm. years. Wildly successful. There are six national titles, nine SEC championships. Of course, he won a national title with LSU as well before taking the Dolphins job, but everyone wanted to know who would be the man that replaces the icon, and that man will be Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer. After two seasons in Seattle, he now goes down to Tuscaloosa to fill the biggest shoes in college football history. That You know, look, that, that was surprised me a little bit, and it didn't surprise me in the sense that I, you know how much respect I have for Kalen DeBoer, mm-hmm. but it surprised me the match, right? You know, Midwestern guy, South Dakota, you know, but I credit Alabama. They found somebody that had a proven track record as a head coach that has won everywhere he's been, and he is a, an offensive coach, right? And he mm-hmm. is going to get the quarterback to play at the highest level he can play at. He'll find another Michael Penix. And from there, he will be able to develop the Alabama offense. And we know Alabama is going to be able to get good quarterbacking. So it fits when you look at it, right? It fits when you see it. And I just think to me, you got to give Alabama credit. They, they went outside the Alabama family, which I thought they would just to come back to. Mm. But, you know, I think the guy that made the best of all this is the great Jimmy Sexton, who had represented most of the people, and he double-dipped. You know, he kept turning downs. He got new contracts for Sark, got a new contract for Norvell, you know, got new contracts for all these other guys. And he just sat there in Tuscaloosa and conducted business and just backed up the Brinks truck <laughs> to his firm. So well done by Mr. Sexton. And, and look, the board's a good hire for him. I don't know what Washington's going to do. Mm. Great job. Washington, to me, is a great job. And do they look outside or do they promote from within? This is really the hard one, right? Do they promote from within or do they go out and hire a proven head coach, which is what I think they need to do, because if they're not sure, it's old. When you promote from within, it's never quite the same unless you're absolutely certain. Yeah, and Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator, uh, obviously high marks for him for what he's done as a play caller there. And Kalen DeBoer was actually able to keep him because a year ago, Nick Saban was trying to hire Ryan Grubb to be his new OC after Bill O'Brien left to go to New England. But uh, Grubb was able to stay in Seattle after getting a nice little pay raise. We'll see if he now gets the promotion to the head job. There's been other names, Lance Leipold at Kansas, Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, uh, Jed Fish at Arizona, the job he's done there, turning around that Wildcats program. A bunch of names that have some good coaches 
coaches that are kind of coming up the ranks here have been tied to that Washington job there. But it's going to be a tough one. You're going to a new conference. You're not getting as much of the share, as much of the other Big Ten teams and everything like that. And now you got to recruit all these guys back over again. There's decommits, there's transfer portals, all these things that are happening for that Washington program that appears to be not in flux, but there's just a little bit of uncertainty as to who's going to be leading that program going forward here. Here's what Kalen DeBoer had to say, though, in a statement there in terms of replacing Nick Saban. He said, quote, following Coach Saban is an honor. He has been the standard for college football and his success is unprecedented. I would not have left Washington for just any school. The chance to lead the football program at the University of Alabama is the opportunity of a lifetime. And I think the biggest question for a lot of people that have with DeBoer is that what's the recruiting going to be like? Because he's not has, like you said, no ties to the South from South Dakota, from South Dakota. Can he recruit the South? Because it's a different animal down there than what you see on the West Coast. Not anymore, though, Femi, because it was a different animal before NIL. But now mm. it's NIL, right? And so yeah. there's no really back rooms. There's no, okay, you, you know, there's none of that, right? We, we, we're kind of everybody's above board on the table, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but, you know, when people would say that recruiting in the Southeast Conference is different, that's what they were alluding to, right? Mm-hmm. That there, it's high-stakes poker down there. Now everybody's playing on the same platform. And, look, it, the, the bigger challenge is coming into the Southeast Conference, you know, understanding how hard it is going to be week in and week out with the level of talent. But I have no doubt the board will recruit. He'll recruit mm-hmm. a great quarterback. Alabama, the thing about the Alabama job is most people think it's mostly from the state. It's a national job, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get players from everywhere. You're going to get them from Florida. You're going to get them from Georgia. you got to get them from California. And in state, you're going to get your share, but you're also going to lose your share because of Auburn. Some of these kids, they grow up, they're just born to be Auburn fans. You can't flip them. And so just by their family life and what their family roots for. So what I think he'll do, and I think it was a really smart hire, is he's going to go get a quarterback. He's going to train the quarterback, make the quarterback an effective player, and and move forward from there. And, And I think that'll be really good. I would suspect, you know, if Grubb doesn't get the job there, he'll take Grubb with him and feel really good about it. So do you think that there'll be a new quarterback for Alabama? It's not going to be Jalen Milrow? No, I think he'll take – look, I, one thing, if you read – we wrote about this for the Daily Coach. Uh, uh, when when DeBoard was in Washington, he had a specific plan, and he talked about it. And they were basically recruit what you have. Like, he was smart enough to go to Washington and not just say, I need my players – He recruited what he had. He wanted to keep the good players on the team. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't watch tape of Milrow and not think he's a good player. You you know, now there's some things you got to fix, right? Yeah. But I think he can fix them. Just like when Michael Penix didn't have the board, he didn't look like Michael Penix. So I think there's no question he comes in there and says, Milrow, I'm going to make you the, the, the centerpiece of this offense in the passing game and go from there. So it's going to be a lot different than the Tommy Reese offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really exciting. It's hard to imagine college football Saturdays without Nick Saban, but that's what we're headed to in uh, 2024. Kalen DeBoer, now the new head coach for Alabama, will find out what Washington does in the coming week. All right, let's get back to the NFL, though, because we have a new general manager in our nation's capital. The Commanders Friday morning hired 49ers guy Adam Peters to be their new GM. They still had a GM, but they hired a new GM. It's all very confusing at times here. But uh, what do you think Peters brings him? He was a part of this 49ers rebuild, came over with Kyle Shanahan, in 2017 obviously they've built a really successful organization as they're the best team and maybe one of the best teams in all of nfl is this a good hire here for the commanders or is this another person that's a part of the the committee to go ahead and find a new head coach 
Well, I think now they can eliminate the committee, right? I mean, because, you you know, you've just hired basically the president of football operations. I mean, look, Josh Harris did exactly what he had done at the at the 76ers when he bought that team, hired somebody to run his basketball operations and let them run it and allowed them to have the authority to run it. And then, you know, pick the coach and go forward on that. Remember Sam Henke, all that. Now, remember, he inherited, I think he inherited Doug Collins as he brought him in there. And then after the Bynum trade, they kind of separated everything. Originally, he hired, he, he had Ed Stefanski. So I think Kevin Stefanski's dad, actually. Mm. So I think this fits the, the model that Harris uses in basketball. I think the question you have to ask, does this model work in football? And I, I have some serious doubts about that. But if he if if Peters gets the guy he wants, which is Ben Johnson, he's represented by Richmond Flowers, the agent. A lot of this is connectivity to the yeah. agent. Right. Yeah. And, you know, who has who, who doesn't have who, how does it all fit? And if that's the case. Right. Then I think they can get on the same page and move forward. A lot of double dipping going on with, with these agents. A lot of double it's, dipping, man, yeah. Lots of double dipping, yeah. It's good to be There's an agent. There's no doubt this time about that year. double dipping. I mean, huh? it's, it's good to be an agent this time of year, man. I mean, you talk about Jimmy Sexton, the Pied Piper in college football. He's double dipping. We got guys in the NFL double dipping here with the, whoever represents well, Jimmy, who. Jimmy Sexton will double dip. He's not just limited to college football, he'll double dip in pro football, too. Yeah, man, <laughs> what a life. Although I'm sure he's busy and on the phone at all times, which doesn't sound as fun as it might be on the surface. The greatest thing about Sexton is here's the greatest thing. You're on the phone with him and he'll get another call and say, I got to go. I'll call you right back. That callback is never happening. His brother, Scott, uh, is a close family friend of mine as well mm. as Jimmy is. And we both laugh about it because we both get the I'll call you right back and you're never getting that call back again. <laughs> So he's always constantly going. Jimmy started with us in Cleveland. He's part of the Cleveland 95 situation. Yeah. We let him in the building when we were recruiting Reggie White. We became friends. And from there, he started getting a lot of these coaches, starting with Nick Saban. Wow. What a career he's had there as an agent. And Bill Parcells. Yeah, Parcells. A lot of these guys were represented by Jimmy Sexton. Uh, before we had to break, though, the news out of Baltimore was the good news. Mark Andrews, their tight end, returned to practice from uh, the IR. So they've opened up that window. We'll see if he can go next weekend for the divisional round. But at least that's some solid news here for the Ravens, yeah. adding to that passing attack. No question. And and likely has been very good for him. So not only have they been able to withstand losing Andrews, they found other targets in their explosive offense. So it's just another weapon for Lamar to utilize in the passing game. And probably his favorite weapon in Mark Andrews, the guy he loves throwing the football to in those seam routes there. So the Baltimore Ravens, the rich getting richer in the postseason at the right time. All right, we'll begin our Super Wild Card Weekend breakdown when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN Daily Newsletter. In today's newsletter, you can check out Michael's article on weather and first-time quarterbacks that he wrote there. Bill Lady put it all together in our normal newsletter. Get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight to your inbox absolutely free. Visit VEASAN.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Boy, the, the weather, it's its frightful out there in a couple of places. Uh, Kansas City and Buffalo being one of them. And we do have a number of first timers at quarterback. I, I don't know. Well. Yeah, I don't know if you can get ready for it. I mean, I know, you know, 
people say that, you know, Kansas City has an advantage over Miami, which I'm sure they probably do, but nobody's practicing in minus 27 degrees. And the ball, you can't, it's hard to catch. It's like a cinder block. But I think the bigger story this morning is, and again, I'm not an expert on weather, but just listening to what's going on around the league is this Buffalo, this wind in Buffalo is going to be very reminiscent of that wind we had when New England was up there on, I think, a week 10 game mm-hmm. where, you know, it was howling, the goalposts were moving, and the un- this under has gone all the way down to 33. I, I was doing, I did Russo yesterday, I had a meet humble pie, Femi, just so you know, it was, it was delightful. It was so good to listen to him. But of course, he's positioned it that, you know, he's still, you know, he won last year in the in this contest. But we had the under that was 34. It's, uh, yesterday it was 34. Today it's down to 33. And I think it's yeah. going to keep going down. And, and it's, it's crazy because the point spread is still at nine. Like that's come down a little bit here. But nine is a big number for a total of 33. Like, yeah, I think first one to 14 wins, don't you? Feels that way. Which brings Pittsburgh into the equation of could they potentially pull off the upset because their run game is pretty good. Right. But you got to believe, like, don't you think Buffalo's just going to go? If this weather is so hard to throw the ball, just go single wing and let Josh Allen just run the damn thing around. Right. You know, let him be the lead ball carrier. I mean, that to me is seems like the right strategy. If I were Pittsburgh, I would be preparing for the six back attack because running the ball, it's hard to throw it. It's going to be really hard. And, and just listening to what they said on the weather, I mean, you know, it, it, it is one of those where – now, I know it's going to be cold there, but today's weather report that came out, my Lord, it, it just seems like the wind is howling and it's going to continue with gusts up to 50 miles an hour. Here, I have it right here. Here's According to the USA Weather Service, which I don't know if that's accurate, gust of 50 <laughs> miles per hour will yeah. put the Steelers-Bill game as the windiest game in league history. That's insane. I know there was some talks about would they move the game. The league says they're going to keep the game in Buffalo. And I mean, now it'd be way too late. It'd be way too late to move it. They have to, right? Yeah. I mean, you kind of do. But there were people saying that they could potentially move it to Cleveland or to other places just because it's the safety of the fans going to the game. There's supposed to be snow. The wind is pretty ridiculous. Like you mentioned, 50 mile per hour gusts. But we're going to be playing this football game. And you mentioned Josh Allen and, and maybe using the single wing attack there. His rushing prop at DraftKings, 39 and a half. It's that to me, it looks like an over bet. I mean, yeah, I think it does, too. I mean, everybody's rushing. I mean, look, remember, New England ran for 222 yards when they played up there the last time in this wind. I think Mac Jones threw three passes. Yeah. Now, Buffalo tried to throw. But remember the last play of the game, they're trying to throw the ball in the end zone. And and Miles Bryant broke on the ball because it kind of the, the wind was a huge factor. I mean, the wind's going to be a factor today in Kansas City, too. It will. And the cold. And, and, and Tua, can he throw the ball with velocity into the wind? I mean, this number has was three and a half. It's up to five. And I can't. And the only reason it's up to five is because of the weather and the injury report of Miami. Right. I don't think anybody trusts Tua to play well in this weather. We'll see. The evidence says no, but we'll see. And, you know, I mean, the Kansas City to be a five point favorite over anybody. I mean, they were a seven point favorite over the Bengals two weeks ago. It got moved down to six and a half. They covered by eight, but it was a close game. Now, you can't believe, first of all, Miami, even though they're missing players, are still a better defense than Kansas City. Excuse me, than Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Right. Yeah. And they're a better offense than Cincinnati. 
whether you like Browning or you like Tua, it doesn't really matter. So, like, that seems to be a little bit of a, this is a weather. I, I, in Russo, I took the under. I thought, I think, I don't see how this game gets over 35 because when they played in perfect conditions in Frankfurt, Germany, it was, it was 21-14. Yeah, and then that was, yeah, it was, it was on grass, but it was uh, much better conditions than what you're going to see coming up later on tonight here. And for the Dolphins, injuries in that secondary, massive there because Xavier Howard don't even ruled out. Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland, both those guys, they didn't practice at all this week. They're listed as questionable. Right. Those are true game time decisions, but even but if they're out there, right, let's talk bad. about that for a second. Let's just talk about that. Does it really matter that they're missing a corner? Okay, so they're going to put Phillips on. Say they just put him on Rashid Rice. That, that Rice ain't getting open, so that's you can cancel that out. Mm. And everybody says, well, they can double Kelsey. You don't have to double Kelsey anymore. No, you could double him if you want. But like, whereas now, where are they going with their offense? What are, what answer do they have? Where are they throwing the football? See, everybody talks about Miami's corners missing the game. Well. Ramsey's playing, and he's going he's gonna to scratch out one of the receivers for the Chiefs. They only have really one. I think this is why if you look at Hardiman's plays, maybe they're going to throw it to Hardiman. Maybe they'll use Hardiman to attack the other corner. And Vic's too, co- too good of a coach to not anticipate it. He's too good of a coach to not understand it and make the adjustments accordingly. So to me, this is a little bit of a – the biggest the, – the problem is, is Ramsey's playing – and mm-hmm. Andy can't get away from that. And he's going to have to scheme it. And then can Kelsey have any juice left in his lower body? I think that's gonna, what it's going to come down to. I, I don't see it where they're going to – how Kansas City score all of a sudden becomes an offensive juggernaut. Yeah. Do you think this is a big Pacheco game then? That Kansas City has to try to run the I think it's hard football? to run the ball on Miami. I think it's still hard to run the ball on Miami. I mean, you know, to me – they're they're you know they're front that Wilkins and you know Zyler they're still playing I mean they have their tackles in there they may not have their rushers but they do have their tackles in the game and so you know Miami's I think you're going to have to look they were sixth in the National Football League in yards per attempt allowed against them I mean it's it's tough sledding against Vic Fangio running the football he'll be in a seven-man front but he'll stunt the front to take away the run game he understands kind of how to play a team and when he gets them the second time he'll have a good game plan you know and this number's up to five now which again with the slow total I mean I know the total's still at 43 or 44 it was 44 yesterday I think it's 43 now 43 and a half but I don't see how this team you know, moves the football that effectively against them in this weather, right? In in perfect mm-hmm. conditions, you know, they struggle to move the ball anyway, right? I mean, perfect conditions, Kansas City had 16 first downs. In perfect conditions, Kansas City had 174 yards passing. In perfect conditions, they had they had uh, they 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 basically they ran the they ran for 91 yards on 23 carries, 24 carries. I mean, tell me where that you know, tell me what. What goes on now? Miami had 21 carries for a buck 17. So I, I, I think to me, you know, I, I think this line's kind of gotten a, like I don't get the justification for the Kansas City love. I get that Miami's playing in cold weather. I get that completely, and I don't have a lot of confidence. But they still have Tyreek Hill. They do. They do, but if but if Tua can't get him the football, it's I mean it's a problem. It's a problem, and I guess my thing, my, my like, and one of the reasons why I'm I'm concerned for Miami's defense here, and I get Vic is an awesome defensive coordinator. Ramsey's still there. 
But if it becomes five Mississippi and the Dolphins can't get pressure on Mahomes, like eventually he's going to find somebody. Like, like he's too good right. to not be able to find somebody. Which is that's where like when they're on edge rusher four and five because there's no Van Ginkle, there's no Phillips, there's no Chubb. Like if you can't pressure him, I, I don't see the path to victory if you don't get Mahomes on the ground. Right, I, I agree completely with that. However, being that being said is these tackles for Kansas City are not great, okay? Mm -hmm. So it isn't like they're going to pitch a shutout against anybody they play against, whether it's Ingram, Justin Houston, you know, like those these tackles have been the downfall. Kansas City's offensive line has not been great. I mean, look, we saw the, the Raider game on Christmas Day, the Raiders' defensive front. I know Crosby was great, and he is great. They don't have anybody like Crosby. But these two tackles will give them a tough time inside, and Justin Houston can beat either one of these guys, even at his age. <laughs> that's true. Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram. This is the, the 2013 pass rush from hell that's coming at the Kansas City Chiefs. But they might be able to do it for one game, though. They might be able to do it. Exactly. And that's single elimination. I think we're yeah. getting a little bit too far down the road, you know, where we're, we're downplaying my. Yes, the injuries are going to be a huge factor. Right. But somebody explained to me what, what, when Kansas City played good. Somebody explained to me when they were playing good, right? I mean, I haven't seen it. And no. so offensively, particularly, now they need, you know, they're going to need to, and Vic can scheme it up pretty well, right? He'll scheme it up fairly well to where he'll make them play left-handed. Over the second half of the season, Miami's, or sorry, Kansas City's wins have come against the Raiders, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Chargers. Those are their wins over the second half of the season. It hasn't been good. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the Eagles. And they also lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day as well. So the, the, the Chiefs, a lot of it is probably blind faith, which is very dangerous when you're betting into this market. Blind faith of Mahomes and Reed, it can only get you so much. And that's baked into this number as well to where, yeah, you're probably flipping the coin at best if you're laying the five right now on the day of the game. All right. On the other side, John McClain, legendary sports reporter over in Houston, will join us to break down the Browns Texans Super Wild Card Weekend Showdown here on the Lombardi Line. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Vegas. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Vegas. The crown is yours. Michael Lombardi, Femi Abebefe here. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Super wild card Saturday here. We got two games in the AFC. The first one between the Browns and the Texans. And to help us break this game down, legendary sports writer in the city of Houston, John McClain, joins us now. Now over at Sports Radio 610 here. John, we appreciate you taking the time here this morning to speak with us before today's game. Uh, How much, if anything, do you think that we could take away from the Week 16 game when these two teams played, Browns winning that one 36-22? And that that score was not indicative of how lopsided that game was. Texans playing with Case Keenum, they were awful. Then they went mop-up duty with Davis Mills, so it was 36-22. Very well could have been 36-7. to But C.J. Stroud's playing. They had some injured guys. They didn't play Will Anderson Jr., their best linebacker, Blake Cashman. They've got those guys back. Jonathan Grenard, their best pass rusher, went out in the first quarter, hasn't played since, is going to try to play today, I believe. So they'll have more players. But the fact is, Flacco has been an even better playoff quarterback than he has been in regular season. And he's got all that experience and the Browns got the best defense in the league. So I think it'll be a lot closer, but I think the Browns will win the game. John, what is the health of the receivers for Houston? I know that, you know, they really, you know, they they hit with Tank Dell, but now he's on IR. But, you know, Noah Brown, Nico Collins, are they healthier at wide receiver now? They are, Mike. One of the things is uh, Collins has been getting a lot of attention, but he still played very, very well. He's in a line for an extension, and uh, he's going to make a lot of money here. In the last game, of course, Tank Dell's been out for four weeks. They didn't have Noah Brown. They didn't have Robert Woods, and they didn't have anything else. Uh, John Matchy and a rookie, Xavier Hutchinson, they didn't step up, and they had to use tight end Dalton Schultz a lot. And there's nothing bad comes from that because Schultz has been terrific. But I believe Woods is going to play today. Not sure about Noah Brown, uh, but uh, he's used uh, – Stroud is used to not having a full complement of receivers. Even when Tank Dell was healthy, the others were going out. That's one of the most impressive things about his performance. And even Collins missed a game earlier. But no matter who he's got in there, he's still been able to function at a pretty impressive capacity. We're speaking with John McClain, Texas reporter and columnist down there in Houston, also over at Sports Radio 610 in Houston. You mentioned C.J. Stroud. He's used to playing with uh, not the full complement of weapons, but just in terms of Stroud and his makeup here, has it been anything like you've covered in that Houston area, at least with the Texans organization? Because when we watch him on the outside, it feels like the guy is unflappable. How do you think he'll do in his first playoff game here in his career? The last quarterback I've covered in Houston – 
who Stroud reminds me of was Warren Moon, who was a rookie <laughs> in 1984. They have similar personalities, very cool, laid back. They don't get rattled, no matter if they're getting hit, they're getting pressure, or they don't see the coverage they want. And Moon, as Mike knows, threw a great pass, just a perfect oh spiral. And, and I think Stroud throws the same, same kind of ball, and that's one reason he's been so successful. But sometimes he's so cool, you have to take his pulse to make sure he's still alive when he <laughs> comes in in the mornings. Yeah, I mean, Warren Moon threw for 28 miles of yards in his NFL career. Jeez. I mean, there wasn't a prettier pass than this guy threw and his timing, you know, and his ability to run that run and shoot when we weren't playing for. But, you know, John can give you the, the litany of how great that Houston Oilers team was. John, th this game features two teams that are highly penalized. You know, the Texans are fifth in the league with 132 penalties. The Browns are the worst are the most penalized team in the league with 138. Do you feel like the, the Texans are, are going to be able to correct all their mistakes that they seem to make? Because in the first game, a lot of personal, a lot of, of un, unsolicited errors were made. They got behind in the down and distance count, which really favored the Browns defense. Well, first they need to get left tackle Laramie Tunsil's two false starts out of the way mm. in the first series because Tunsil has more <laughs> false starts than anybody I've ever seen. One of the issues up front, and they set their season high at Indianapolis in that uh, game last Saturday, um, they have a lot in the offensive line. And one reason, they have started uh, three left tackles, four left guards, four centers, one right guard, Shaq Mason, and then three right tackles. They've just been unable to get much continuity in their offensive line because of injuries. And, 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 it's amazing how many times those guys jump, even when it's at home. So if they could just get rid of the false start penalties, that would reduce them considerably. But, you know, they're trying to get a jump on uh, Miles Garrett and Jerry Smith, who had two sacks in that last game. So I expect we're going to have two or three. John, for the Texans to win, does this need to be a higher scoring game or a lower scoring game, in your opinion? I would think if they could have some a higher scoring game against that Cleveland defense, which I don't see, but if I think that would give them their best chance, they're not a defensive team. They give up a lot of yards down the field because their safeties they lost of their top four safeties beginning the season, only one still around. The others are on IR, so they've signed them off the street. And as Flacco demonstrated on the first play of the first game when he threw for a uh, 53-yard completion, and then, of course, he threw for 368 overall, the best way to attack them is down the field. Derek Stingley Jr., their corner is playing great, and the other corners are playing okay, but the safeties just struggle when they've got to cover, and that's not good, and I expect Flacco to come out and throw deep on them again until they prove they can stop it. Yeah, and Joku is going to be a big player here. I would take his over. John, I know you're wired to the Tennessee organization as well, uh, having been through the Bud Adams regime in Houston, now Amy running the team. The, the word out there is that Bobby Slovic, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, is could be a leading candidate. Have you heard that as well? Oh, yeah, they, they requested permission. Washington requested permission before Adam Peters ever got that job. Both of those guys worked with Bobby Sloick for six years in San Francisco. And Bobby is has done a really good job here. 
Bobby is 36, looks 26, and thinks 56. He's very smart. <laughs> As you know, his dad was coordinator for four teams, and Kyle Shanahan has always spoken so highly of him because Bobby started with Washington under Mike Shanahan, and Kyle, of course, was there. So I, I kind of think that he's going to be like Ben Johnson, D'Amico Ryans, Kevin O'Connell, a guy who's getting interviews, but might say, I need a second year as a coordinator and a play caller before I make that jump. Because you got to figure with C.J. Stroud, they're still going to be good. And uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't wait another year after, especially after he sees his success, Ryan's and O'Connell have had going back, even though Kevin was not the play caller. And Ben Johnson came back a second year. Now the Lions are even better. So he'll get a head coaching job. I talked to Kyle Shanahan yesterday to do a column about he and D'Amico, Sloick and D'Amico, based on everything Kyle had told me after they were hired. And it's happened. And Sloick's going to get a job. It's not a matter if, but when. And the, 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 I guarantee you, Texans would much rather see him in Washington than Nashville. <laughs> That's for sure. You don't want him in the division there in the AFC South. It's an ascending Houston Texans organization. It feels like they're sort of playing with house money today against the Cleveland Browns. He is John McClain, legendary sports writer over in the city of Houston, Texans reporter columnist, and now over at Sports Radio 610. John, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game later on today, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome stuff there from the the great John McClain. Wired in. He really is. He really is. John is wired as anybody. He can tell you the history of the Houston Oilers and now the Texans, and he's got his pulse on the team. Does a great job. He's, you know, he kind of does, he reports the story as the story's unfolding, and you respect the Mm -hmm. hell out of him. I've known John a long time, always been very good in those areas. Yeah, no, he's, he's fantastic. At McLean underscore on underscore the NFL on Twitter is where you can find John McLean there. H- how about what do you think the comparison CJ Stroud to Warren Moon? That's some high praise there. Warren Moon, of course, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Right. But remember, Warren went, had to go to Canada. Yep. You know, Warren went up to Edmonton and played up there. And then he kind of got, got caught. He got into uh, I write about it in my book, Football Done Right. He, he then became a really high prized free agent when there wasn't free agency. And and the, the the Oilers were able to win that one. That was a huge get for the Oilers. And then they were able to develop this run-and-shoot offense, which changed the trajectory of the passing game in the National Football League. Like you said, one of the prettiest balls in National Football League history, Warren Mood would throw. All right, that does it for hour number one. Hour number two, we'll begin at breaking down this Browns-Texan game more in depth, and we'll get to the big injury news in Monday night's game as well here on the Lombardi Line. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.